0: I'm Patrick John Pfluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's.
1: You're standing next to your family, and to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to meet us at Molly's episode 98. Brenna, 98.
1: I know, it's crazy.
0: You know what happens in two episodes.
1: 100. 100. I mean, we've
0: already technically hit that number if you're including bonus episodes and interviews and things like that, but it will be our 103 cap. I know. Which is like bananas. Crazy. So crazy, I know. We had an initial goal of hitting 2000 followers by our 100th episode, but you listeners are just the best ever. And we love you so much that we have already surpassed the 2000 mark. So. Yeah, yeah. you guys are awesome. We heart you. Yes, you can't see. I just made heart, the heart motion towards the camera. Bryna saw it and that's what matters, I suppose. Anyway. <laughs> So today we're going to go ahead and cover Chicago Fire Season 5, Episode 16. This is called Telling Her Goodbye. This was a suggestion made to us by listener Angela. So for those of you who don't remember, which was Bryna up until about last week, um, (laughs) this is the episode when basically the firehouse is taken hostage. That's kind of the best way to sum it up.
1: Yeah, I... I really did not remember this until I watched it. And even after I watched it, I was like, I still don't remember this. And then when I was like working on it and like looking up some things, I realized this is the episode right after the big crossover where Lexi dies. And I have a feeling that's probably why I don't remember this. Because I was so engrossed in my feelings over that that I would just like blocked this episode out. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it's interesting timing wise where this episode falls, but I mean, we'll get into that, but we should talk about the news before we yes. do so. So, you know, last episode, we had episode descriptions for 717, 617, 517, 417. I'm sorry. I'm just naming random numbers now. Uh, yeah. So we basically had descriptions for 417, 717, and 617. This week, Well, also this week, because our other episode was on Monday. um, We've also been hashtag blessed with the descriptions for 418, 718, and 618. So these will air the first week of April. So what, like April 8th, 9th, 8th? I think 8th. No, the... Third? Am I completely off?
1: The 6th. No, hold on. Nope, the 3rd. The 3rd. You're off. The 3rd. I was completely off. Yeah. See, we're
0: both going out of town next week. So my calendar is already completely messed up, as you can see. Anyway. All right. Bryna, please take us through the med description for 418.
1: Yes. So med 418 is titled, Tell Me the Truth. And it reads, Dr. Rhodes receives an alarming phone call that prompts him to rush out in the middle of an important surgery. Dr. Halstead comes to the aid of an FBI agent who is brought into the ER, but he suspects there is more to the story than he is being told. Dr. Manning and Dr. Choi find themselves on opposite sides of a major disagreement over doctor-patient confidentiality.
0: Where would you like to start?
1: So much to unpack here. I guess let's just start at the beginning with Doctor what up, Condor's up to.
0: So... The speculation on Twitter about this got really dark really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people were like, something's wrong with Cornelius. Maybe he's on his deathbed. Like, it got extremely dark about two seconds in.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was in our mentions or something. Or you had responded to a tweet where you had seen that. And I was like, whoa, that was fast.
0: (laughs) That escalated quickly.
1: Yeah, crazy. I don't know, though. I mean, something bad has to happen, right? I mean, they use the word choice alarming. So something bad has to happen enough to, like, prompt Connor to, like, drop what he's doing in the middle of this important surgery and, like, go take care of it.
0: Yeah, and the other interesting note here is that it doesn't say anything about Ava being in surgery with him. So it could have something to do with her.
1: Uh, Yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, of course it's got to be a bad thing. I can't imagine Connor being like, ooh, cake in the break room, and just like, zoom, you know?
1: I also think, too, I think whatever it happens, I think it definitely obviously has to be either Ava or Cornelius, and I think whatever is happening to them somehow ties back into this, like, did did they or did they not actually sleep together, and, like, that whole lie, just because of the episode being titled Tell Me the Truth.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So I think that's going to somehow play into it, and it has to be about either one of them, just because of, like, going off the episode title, Tell Me the Truth. Like, I think we're going to finally learn what that truth is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, Will. Will. Um, That FBI agent is definitely Dr. Lee. Not Dr. Lee, agent Lee, been watching too much med. Apparently. Yeah.
1: Um, something I think here is interesting, though, like when I first read that, obviously we were texting about it and we were like definitely agent Lee. My first immediate reaction, though, and I haven't really thought about this enough, but do you remember that time Severide was sleeping with, was it an FBI agent? Or what was she? Yes, she was an FBI agent. Yeah, and then she got shot and then died, and that was a whole, like, weird storyline in and of itself. Oh,
0: oh, no, you're thinking of little JJ's mom. There was another FBI agent, like, early, early on.
1: He slept with another
0: FBI agent? Unless this was the same one. But no, he never slept with JJ's mom, I don't think. No, there was another one when he—oh, no, you know who I'm thinking of? You remember in season 4 when they bumped him down and he had to go to some like leadership class wow. and Patterson oh, yeah, came in yeah, 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 yeah. and he met the girl in that class and started banging her because of course um okay I was getting them confused
1: but you the FBI regardless he slept with an A- FBI he was sleeping with an FBI agent too Did
0: he sleep with the FBI agent I don't I thought they were just like Not colleagues, but...
1: Or maybe he at least made out with her. I don't know. He definitely did something with her. And then, like, the next episode, she gets shot and dies.
0: Okay. Okay. No, I I know exactly who you're talking about.
1: This just took me back to that. I don't know why, but that's just what that took me back to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I didn't even think about that. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like Will dating an FBI agent is just going to be such a trip because, you know, Will's going to be like, oh, my God, what you do is so scary. And she's going to be, like, shooting bullets. Like, what? It's just a normal day.
1: Well, it's just, I mean, we've talked about it, too, but, like, also just the fact that it's not just any FBI agent, but, like, the FBI agent who was involved in his case and, like, you know, contributed to Will's, PTSD and you know everything he's gone through and obviously the dissolution of his almost marriage like I mean it's just kind of like crazy when you think about it
0: yeah definitely yeah so Natalie and Ethan have a disagreement
1: not surprised I mean I like that we're seeing that pairing because obviously we're always here for new pairings Um, But I'm not surprised, and I'm not surprised that it's over doctor-patient confidentiality either.
0: And we we all know who's going to be on what side of that.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure.
0: Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they'll throw a curveball, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, right now it seems predictable, but yeah, like you said, it could throw us a curveball, but who knows.
0: Yep. So that is med. On fire, uh, 718 is called no such thing as bad luck. So it says, Severide gets angry at Cruz when he feels his orders were disobeyed in the field. Bowden reconnects with an old high school friend during a call to a house fire. Herman has issues when one of his favorite knickknacks from Molly's goes missing. I don't want Severide and Cruz to fight.
1: I know. I know. Especially when they just had the whole thing when Cruz went to, fuck, I can't remember the name of or the number of the house, but when Cruz was going undercover in the crossover and Severide was like, I miss my right-hand man, Cruz. Where is Cruz? And then now we're going to see them fighting. Like, no, don't give me that. (laughs) Don't give me that.
0: I have always felt that the Severide and Cruz relationship was so seriously underrated because Cruz looks up to Severide so much so much like the same way that Mills used to look up to Severide Cruz looks up to him and so I really wish they would explore that but you know I I don't want them to fight
1: yeah I mean we It's. I think it's interesting I think you could even argue too I mean granted in season one we got to see a little I mean more of the Cruz and Casey friendship but like even just Cruz's relationship with both of them like it get, his relationships with like Herman and Otis and Mouch obviously get way more attention, but like his relationships with both, I mean, Lieutenant and captain, like, I think it's just very interesting. Like you said, I think they do go a little underappreciated.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that'll be interesting, but yeah. What other notes do you have about fire?
1: I mean, my first reaction when I saw that Bowdoin reconnects with an old high school friend during a call to a house fire is just, like, what is it going to be like when you go, when Bowdoin, like, walks into this guy's house, or I'm assuming it's a guy, but, like, this person's house that's on fire, and it's like, oh, hey, I know you. Like, didn't we know each other in high school? Like, what, like, I don't know. That was just my first, like, thought of how this goes down.
0: See, and that's interesting. That's interesting that you think it's a guy because I was sitting here wondering. I'm like, is this a guy friend or a girlfriend? Oh, I know. Melissa Pondio has been back on set as Donna, so I don't know.
1: Who knows? Who knows?
0: Brenda, take us through PD, please.
1: So PD's um, episode is called "This City." And it says, with the threat of a gang war looming, Voight and Ray Price must organize a peace summit and to end the bloodshed before more innocent people get hurt. Burgess evaluates her future with Blair. Blair being Charles Michael Davies character.
0: Ooh. So, spoiler alert, Price is going to live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, so Price lives. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Burgess evaluates her future with Blair, meaning that It's heating up between Price and Kelton.
1: Yep. And maybe we'll actually see more of Charles Michael Davies for more than one scene. Would be nice. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be nice.
0: Maybe. I know. Hasn't he popped up on another show that's on right now?
1: Shit. I definitely feel like I just saw him in something recently.
0: I caught... No, I didn't catch the end. I caught... For the People last week, but I don't think that was the
1: show. No, I think it 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 was. I think he was in the commercial. I haven't seen it, but I think that was it. Okay. But I think that was it. Okay. I don't know. He's in everything. Dear Lord. He's, like, as soon as, like, I was also re-watching some old, um, fuck, I don't even remember what it was, and I was like, oh, shit, he's in that, too. Like, he's literally been in, like, everything I watch. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he wasn't it's for he's got a main role in for the people according to wikipedia
0: ah cool okay yeah i caught that episode after something i was watching the other night and it wasn't bad i don't know but yeah that's what we've got in terms of news um you know light news week shows are still on hiatus I'm so ready for them to come back though i know yeah 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 uh, yeah, but that's about all we've got. You guys know the drill, though. If you see anything, you know, pictures, articles, whatever, please send it to us. Tweet it, email us, however you would like. You guys help a lot with that, and we really, really appreciate it. So, shall we jump into the episode? Let's do it. Okay, so like we were saying before, this is 516, Chicago Fire 516, telling her goodbye. This was suggested to us by Angela, one of our listeners. Thank you for that. And yeah, we just kind of wanted to take it back to a time before we started doing the podcast. And this is the episode when 51 basically gets taken hostage. So the first thing right off the bat that hit me about this, because the minute you start the episode, the very first thing is a recap, right?
1: And the very first face you see is Anna. No big deal. I know. And it's like the first thing, not even like after the recap, but like it's like one of the first things that gets mentioned too. Cause Stella goes into Severide's quarters and they're talking about Anna and how Stella's so happy for him because he looks happy and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like mm-hmm. all the actual feels. We should do one of those, even though it would kill me. We should do like her first episode or something like that over the summer.
0: I mean, I was thinking we would do the episode when she passes and just get, like, really wine drunk and cry.
1: We could do that, too. I would definitely need wine for that. But we should definitely do one of her, like, actual episodes this summer.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, that's the first scene up. And it's, like, throwback Thursday to when Severide was happy. Like, ugh. Uh Yeah, I mean, he's happy. Stella's, Stella's his wingman. It's a whole other time.
1: I know, and it's crazy to think that that was technically, I mean, that was just two seasons ago, and, like, look how different things are, but, yeah, crazy.
0: So crazy, I know, and it was, like, Anna had just gotten the job at Med, and, like,
1: yeah. they yeah. she had literally just gotten the job at Med, and she was gonna move to Chicago, and they were gonna be so happy, and I'm just like, oh my god, all of the fucking feels.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's interesting that you were saying before you were like, you know, this is right after Lexi died because this is also right after Anna comes back. And so it's just such a different time period when it really wasn't. It was only like two years ago, like you said. It's crazy.
1: It's, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. And we still
0: have Gabby and that had a different feel to it. Like it feels like it's been forever since we've had Gabby. It's only been one season,
1: it's not even been a whole season Uh, because I mean she technically was even in the first episode of this season so like it literally hasn't even been a whole season but yeah that's something I noticed too because there's that moment between Gabby and Matt there's like a big not like their biggest moment but there's like a significant moment that happens between them in this episode and even that I was like oh shit like (laughs) that's like a completely different relationship I mean at this point now and that was just two years ago it's crazy.
0: So it's not even, it's like throwback to when Seb was happy, but also throwback to when Casey was happy too.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And I think at that point too, I mean, obviously Stella had only even been around for like half, I mean, a season maybe at that point, because she came in like the middle of four, towards the end of four. I think that's
0: right. I mean, it feels like she's been around just as long as Brett, but I think you're right.
1: Yeah. So something along those lines but yeah so for her I mean she was still relatively new at that point and that's just like oh my god like it's just crazy to think about
0: yeah it is crazy it is so I mean the episode starts really normal they're just kind of having a normal day they're you know giving each other crap whatever but outside there seems to be some sort of turf war happening in the neighborhood which there is one funny part of this when you know they it might be it's either I think it, it might even be after. No, it's before they hear the gunshots. They're talking about the turf war because Gabby and Brett get called to a gunshot wound. And Otis is like, oh, yeah, this gang is fighting with that gang. And everybody just stops and side eyes him. And he's like, what? I, I'm in on the drill rap scene. I know what's going on. And OK, Otis, like, OK, whatever. Yeah, only Otis, only Otis. Okay, so the whole, the big part of this episode is that, you know, Severide, or Severide, Stella, Stella and Casey, they're in the roll-up, they're whatever, they're talking, and they hear gunshots go off. So they see these people rushing towards the firehouse. They try to shut the doors. They can't shut them in time. And basically, this group of teenagers, really, they take the firehouse hostage. Now, I mean, I have a question here-ish. You know, if you're going to, like, fire your gun and then you're going to run, is are you really going to run right into a firehouse? I feel like if you're wanting to, like, hide out, you're going to run into, like, a Walmart or something.
1: I don't I, – it's interesting, yes, but I guess at that point, too, like – I don't know. I think a firehouse is somewhere – They can theoretically I don't know. I like keep trying to justify it, but like I can't come up with like a good justification on why they run into the firehouse.
0: The only other justification I can think for is there's literally nothing else around that firehouse.
1: Yeah, I I, speaking yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess what are they gonna do? Run into someone's like apartment? I I don't know. I think at least in the firehouse there are other people around where if they were to just run into like you know whoever lives closest by like his apartment like what they're just going to be able to like the other gang is going to be able to barge right in and you know it's going to be just as nasty as it would be out on the street like at least in the firehouse there are other people around and you know they can shut the doors and it is like theoretically a safe space I mean it's obviously not when you're hiding out from a gang war but like theoretically it's supposed to be a safe haven
0: I feel like Firehouse 51 is, like, the second worst place they could have run into. The first just being, like, a police station.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, in their eyes, I mean, they were able to take them hostage and, like, control Mm -hmm. the situation. So, like, was it really that bad of an idea? I mean, obviously, they all end up getting arrested, so it was. But, like, in the moment, was it as bad of an idea? Because they were able to take control of the situation, so...
0: True. True. I guess I see that too because I mean obviously if it's a firehouse yeah they're going to shut the doors. The other gang is not just going to you know storm right in. Or are they? I don't know. But still.
1: And theoretically had they left I mean like I don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't really have a good sense of how long this actually took place, like whether it was like over, I'm assuming over like four or five hours. But like had they left earlier on, like almost as soon as they got there, when once they knew the gang was that other gang was not right outside the firehouse anymore, like they could have easily have escaped without like the SWAT team being out there. But they just hung around too much and they were bonding with 51 and whatever. And so then SWAT came and then it became more of an issue. Like they could have gotten away quicker than they actually did.
0: It's true. It's very true. Not the smartest criminals in the world.
1: No, but I mean, we're going to, that's something that I think is interesting too. And we'll talk about that in a second. So.
0: Yeah. So obviously they get taken hostage, but you know, Bowden's Bowden. He just kind of sets the terms. He tells the guy, he's like, you know, you show respect, we show respect. Like, you know, I'll control my men, you control yours. And they do. But, uh, while this is happening, our, uh, our boy Severide is just kind of MIA, just kind of taking a really chill shower and whatever.
1: He's so calm, cool, yeah. and collected about it, though, like, Stella, I mean, we'll get to this part in a second, but, like, Stella walks with one of the guys, like, holding the gun to her, like, in the locker room, because they need to get stuff, and, like, Severide is, like, out there just in his towel, and then he hears it, and then... Like, instead of panicking, he just, like, knows what to do and goes back into, you know, the part where they couldn't see him and, you know, whatever. And it's just, like, Severide being all Severide and, like, calm, cool, and collected about it and, like, not panicked. Whereas if that were me, I'd be like, what the fuck is happening?
0: He's calm, cool, collected in a towel, nonetheless. It's, like, diehard. Like, he's just under the radar, doesn't want the perps to know he's there. And he's just kind of moseying around in a towel. Oh, and doesn't he have time to get changed, too, while this is going down?
1: Yeah, he changes too, and then comes up with the idea to be even more calm, cool, and collected, and sneak by everybody so that he can get into the truck and radio for help. Like, do they teach ninja
0: skills when you train for squad?
1: Apparently. Maybe that's an elective you can take in squad school. (laughs) Like... (laughs)
0: like train the ninja warrior course or something
1: apparently yeah i mean
0: geez we should ask tony yeah how did samurai learn to be so stealth
1: maybe he took some skill or course at like the with the police department on how to like properly attack a scene or something i don't know but yeah
0: yeah, something like hostage negotiation. But I, 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 like the idea of him taking like ninja training at the academy much, much better.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. I think he took that as an elective in his spare time.
0: Yeah, it's a way more entertaining narrative.
1: Him teaching the like Gabby's class and stuff, like essentially paid for his taking an elective, like randomly hit that ninja skills elective. <laughs>
0: I just have this vision of Severide, like, you know, with his face all shielded, like, rappelling down from the ceiling with a rope and being like, Arr! and like, Mission Impossible style.
1: But the thing is, oh it's like, God. it's not too crazy to imagine because I know Severide would kill it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Like, Severide would thrive in that. And mm-hmm. when you were talking about, like, taking hostage negotiations or whatever, like, I'm pretty sure he probably has taken something around that because he kills all those situations too.
0: I feel like there's literally nothing Kelly Severide cannot do except for, like, be emotionally available.
1: Right. Like, everything when it comes to his career, he exceeds that. And like we were talking about in last episode, like, he's so much smarter than people give him credit for. But when it comes to his emotions and his personal relationships, like, he's got a lot of learning to do. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, like, ability-wise, I feel like if they were like, hey, Severide, can you please learn how to skydive? He'd be like, learn. I've been doing this forever. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, just, just Kelly. Just Kelly. I mean, what other things do you think Kelly knows that we don't know about? He probably knows, like, really advanced math. He probably knows how to fold a fitted sheet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Probably. I'm literally telling you, he probably knows how to do anything that doesn't have to do with emotional growth and personal relationships. And if he doesn't know, he can learn easily.
0: Kelly probably watches the British bake off and like judges them and is like, I can do that so much better. And then Casey's like, you know how to bake? And he's like, yeah, everybody in Wisconsin knows how to bake. Yeah. I don't know. Just theories. Yeah, was Severide. So Severide sneaks past everybody, and you know he tries to get to his phone, but that's on the charger, so like whatever, that's out. But you know we'll just sneak into the truck because that's like so much easier to just climb into the fire truck and not make a peep, right? So he climbs in, he gets on the radio, thankfully, and you know on the radio they're like, okay, well we'll send people. You know, are you in a safe location? And Kelly's like, well not quite. And so then the question is, can you get out? And he just goes, I can but I'm not leaving anyone here. And the tone of his voice is like, well, duh, I can get out. But like, are you out of your mind? That's not happening.
1: Yeah, it's like, do you know Kelly's the name? Kelly Semperide? Like, do you know 51? Like, nobody leaves a man behind. Like, that does not, that's like the 51 motto. Like, nobody leaves anyone behind.
0: Nope. Nope. That's Kelly. Just ninja climbing up into his truck and being like, I'm not leaving anybody. You figure it out yeah crazy yeah so crazy so so crazy so the gang leader turk he's basically you know trying to run the show and Bowden's trying to approach this from like a leadership point of view Bowden's trying to get through to him and Bowden's like you know think of what kind of leader you want to be blah 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 and turk's like i ain't trying to be a leader i'm trying to survive so it just kind of shows you the perspectives that they're coming from here um you know, it's interesting. This gang, especially, I found really interesting because, you know, you would think that 51 would be able to exert control with no problem and, like, take it back. But this gang was not stepping down. I mean, anything that 51 tried to do, the gang would come back even harder.
1: Yeah. Well, and if, at one point, too, I mean, the gang started, like, fractioning off because... You had Turk, who mainly dealt with Bowdoin and like the people in the common room. But then you had the guy who I don't know if they ever really named, but if they did, I totally forgot his name. That like we'll talk about eventually, who like goes after Stella. And then you had obviously JB, who's the guy who seemed like the most calm and was just kind of like coerced into it, like the kid uh, that Stella also Mm -hmm. dealt with. But like they like started like fractioning off to the point where like at one towards the end, it just becomes like Turk. And then, unfortunately, JB, because JB doesn't want to threaten his family. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah. So, it's just, like, it's eventually, like, fractioning off, too, and it kind of goes to this point that Turk's saying, like, I'm not trying to be a leader of these guys, like, I'm just trying to survive, and if it means me against them, then, like, okay. But, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to survive, and that's what's most important. Whereas, like you said, I just thought the whole Bowdoin stuff, too, like, Bowdoin, of course, would approach, try to approach it as, like, yeah, these guys might be in gangs, but, like, there is, like, good qualities to a leader and if you're gonna be a leader of somebody like you should at least embody the good qualities but that's not how this guy sees it like this guy just sees it as survival so
0: yeah yeah so dawson and brett they are coming back to 51 they get it over the radio like don't return to quarters just don't do it and gabby's like uh everything looks fine and she's like no no just just don't do it trust me so the door is opening. The, the the game members are, like, about to leave, too. They're about to be like, screw this. We're going. Like, we're out. That's it. Well, the doors start to open. And it kind of spooks them. And so I love when they're all in the common room and you see Casey and he just has this moment of realization. Like, he just hears the door open and he knows it immediately. He's like, Gabby. Like, I miss domesticated Mary Dossie. Like, I miss it. A lot. Yeah, I miss it. Ugh. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit about Casey and how he is now, but yeah, he just knew. And so he goes to run out to warn them and the gang members are like, stop it, stop it. Don't do that. Casey runs at the door and he gets shot in the shoulder.
1: I really forgot this ever happened. Honestly, like I said, I forgot about this whole episode. So I really forgot that this happened. And the first time when I was watching this episode back, I was like, he didn't actually get shot in the shoulder. He's fine. No, he actually got shot in the shoulder. Like, he what the hell? He got shot in the shoulder. Yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. And I mean, as he's running out, that's when Severide is like, well, screw this. I don't want to be a ninja anymore. And he's like, he just like tackles the guy or whatever. He tackles one of the guys. Uh, the other guy gets a shot off. I think there's two of them. But yeah, just casually Casey getting shot in the shoulder like this universe act like getting shot in the shoulder is no big deal. And I get that it probably isn't in the grand scheme of things. But like to a normal person, I feel like that would be a big deal.
1: Yeah. So this scene made me think of two questions. One, how many members of fire does this now make who have been gotten shot before, whether it's in the shoulder or not? But like how many people have actually gotten shot?
0: Okay, are we thinking of this chronologically, or are we thinking show all time? Because I think this was before Otis got shot.
1: No, I'm talking about just show all time. But this was definitely, I'm talking about like now, us talking about it. How many members of FIRE have gotten shot before?
0: Okay, so Otis, are we counting Stella, even though she took it in the radio?
1: Yeah, we're counting Stella.
0: Okay, Otis, Stella. Casey. Casey.
1: Has Severide ever been shot before?
0: You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he had, but I don't think he has. I mean, he got blown up by a (laughs) grenade-ish.
1: Yeah. I just feel like it's been a lot, and I could only really think of Stella Ode as Casey, but it feels like it's been way more than that.
0: Now, if we take it over to PD, it's just about everybody. I I was thinking about that not too long ago. It's just about everybody.
1: Like, Herman's been stabbed, but he wasn't shot
0: yes yes um herman's been stabbed i mean severi jumped off the roof of a building once
1: <laughs> once
0: at least once i know
1: i mean and like other people have been injured drastically like obviously mouch in the season five finale with the fire um mm-hmm. like people have been injured before i just seems like it, shot is like definitely a reoccurring theme but maybe it's not as common as i think it is i don't know i just saw that and i was like shit how many members of fire does that actually make
0: it's true i feel like three is a lot but i mean also in the grand scheme of things they're doing pretty well how many people on med have been shot april
1: dr charles will wasn't shot was he he did the shooting will yeah who did he shoot? Didn't he shoot someone in this? See in the med finale or the winter finale?
0: No, that was Jay.
1: Okay, well, never mind. Never mind.
0: So April, is it just April and Doctor Charles?
1: Yeah, but that's still a lot when you work at the when it all happened at, at in the hospital. Like that's still a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah, this is a really horrible game. <laughs> How many people on this show have been shot?
1: Well, the other question in this moment, I, it was when I was watching the scene that I came up with the question, although we could have asked this earlier. How many hostage-related scenarios has 51 been in?
0: The house as a whole, or just, like, individuals?
1: Um well i can think of two other house related ones but we could go with individuals too but i feel like that's like way too many yeah
0: because then you get into like what defines a hostage scenario okay so group wise what are yours because i can't think of any
1: so the prison one in the season one finale which i also want to do an episode on because that's such a great episode
0: Oh, that's when Herman's little baby is born, yes.
1: Yeah, that I actually rewatched that when I was doing Comedy Runners, just because I thought about that episode, and I freaking love that episode. But they were in a hostage situation there. So technically not right. at 51, but that was definitely a hostage situation. And then I don't know if this really counts. I guess it's more of a takeover than a hostage situation. But like when the FBI came and like sat in at 51... It's like not totally the same, but like close-ish enough. <laughs> Just throwing it in they there. They were
0: free to come and go, though, weren't they?
1: Were they? No, they were on, like lockdown. I think because people weren't able to even come in. I, I mean, they were mm. like free. Like they were like they weren't obviously being held like this with guns to their head, but like mm-hmm. they weren't really free to like come and go either. Yeah. So it's, like, a stretch, but, like, that was what I – and that's honestly when you texted me this and we were talking about this for the first time, that's the episode I thought Angela was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, we already did that one. And then you were like, no, 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 when 51 gets taken hostage. I was like, 51 gets taken hostage? Like, what the fuck? Um, But, yeah, those are, like, my – but I just feel like they're, too – like, they're always in hostage-related scenarios.
0: Yeah, just about.
1: Just – At least one a season, whether it's an individual or the group, somebody's always being taken held hostage.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, like we said, Severide jumps to Casey's defense because, of course, um, but then, of course, you know, Severide kind of gets the shit beat out of him, too. And every time Severide gets into a fight scene in this episode, my first thought is not the face. Not the
1: face. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about his fight scene at the end. But, like, my first reaction when I, like, they start beating the shit out of Severide 2, I was like, stop messing with our favorites. Not cool, bro. Not cool.
0: For real. Like, this is their house. Leave them alone. Yeah. Seriously. Let our people live.
1: I wouldn't want anyone to be beaten up, but, like, especially Casey and Severide, just, like, let them live. Like, stop Mm -hmm. messing with them. Mm
0: Mm-hmm hmm Yes. Yes, yes. Brenda, will you take it from here?
1: Yeah, I can take it. So, I mean, this happened technically, I guess, a little earlier in the episode, but Stella was sent to the bunk room to help the guys. So, when they first come into the firehouse, one of the guys had been shot in the chest or stomach somewhere along, somewhere there. And mm-hmm. Stella, because she's the only paramedic there, even though she isn't a paramedic, but paramedic trained she volunteers to help the guy and so they take her into the bunk and someone goes with her to keep a gun to her head of course and that guy's jb and stella starts bonding with jb because she legitimately needs her help to take care of his friend who's been shot and but then of course once stella starts bonding with jb Another gang member comes in to check on the situation and sees them bonding and is like, "Hello, like what's going on? Like what the fuck are you guys doing?" And that other gang member even says, "Like this ain't no hospital. Like he ain't your nurse. Like your job is to keep my man's alive. Like what the fuck are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And so this other gang member that comes in thinks Stella is trying to kill the guy who's injured. And was just lying about knowing what to do so that everyone has time to, like, think of a plan and, you know, try to get the gang members on their side. And so he takes her into the locker room and, like, opens her locker and, like, pulls down one of her pictures and, like, it's these your loved ones and, like, threatens them. And Stella ends up hitting him and he hits back and basically knocks her unconscious on the floor. This was, like, violent. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like Turk never got violent, but then they started fractioning off and this guy became his like own guy essentially and got really violent. Um, Yeah. That's what I was talking about earlier. But yeah, he got very violent very quick.
0: For real. And there's two things here too is that uh, this is the first time that we find out that Stella is, you know, paramedic trained. So that was kind of interesting because when she says it, we're all just like, what? Oh, okay. Just going to jot that down. Um, But, yeah, no, this scene especially was, like, super violent. She hits him, but then, like, he thrashes her against the lockers. But then they end up forgetting about her for, like, 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, she just lays there. And nobody questions, like, where she is or anything. And so there's still, though, the gang member still wants help for his friend or for the guy that's injured. And so they go back, and they end up getting someone else. And they end up getting Otis. But, of course, like, nobody else really has, like, deep paramedic knowledge. They just all know basic life skills, which they say. But the gang member's like, okay, we'll save him. And Otis is like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I just know, like, basic care. And so Otis ends up – they end up working something out where Otis is able to talk to Gabby on the phone. And Gabby can – walk them through it but when gabby starts asking for literally any information about what's going on in there that's not about how to walk this guy uh, walk otis through a pneumothorax uh, attention pneumothorax they're like uh uh-uh, just like keep it to the tension pneumothorax and so she's able to walk him otis through how to deal with attention pneumothorax on the phone and as soon as that they they're like oh yeah okay bye and otis ends up you know doing it successfully and keeps the guy alive um, for now but
0: I love how Otis was like like he pulls the needle out and he's like holy shit he's like Gabby I did it and he just like wants to keep talking about that but the gang's like stop like refocus what are you doing?
1: The thing that I thought was interesting though and maybe just because we've watched so many of these shows to me it's common knowledge but like Otis didn't know what attention pneumothorax was <laughs> like I feel like as someone who's at least somewhat knowledgeable about medical stuff. I mean, granted, like we said, they're not paramedic trained. But he couldn't even get the, like, word out or, like, remember that's what it was. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we watch too many of these shows and we've heard that attention <laughs> pneumothorax 10 million times. But that seemed weird to me.
0: Well, you know why I knew what it was? is because it's what Herman had in the pilot.
1: Oh, Yeah.
0: I mean, I couldn't tell you specifically what it was. It's just if you were to tell me that, I'd be like, "Oh, Herman had that in the Chicago Fire pilot."
1: I'm surprised I could even. I knew how to spell it without looking it up in for this outline. Like I, like that's how many times I've heard it was. Like I knew how to spell it. Um, yeah. But like, I just, I don't know. Again, I feel like Med's talking about it every fifth episode, so maybe that's just why I feel like it's more common than it is. But well, like, I was but just also surprised. okay
0: in otis's defense he had a gun held to his head
1: true i mean very true i just like i said that was just me and i was just like huh like how do you not know what attention pneumothorax is duh otis like
0: especially like being around gabby all the time who probably is always talking medical stuff
1: yeah what is weird like i mean this is season five at that point as many weird calls and medical things that you've Witness in your life, Otis? Like, you've never heard of attention pneumothorax? Like, what the hell? Anyway. I
0: don't know. Sever- Severide also probably knows what that is because Severide's a genius and there's nothing he cannot do.
1: Oh, Severide definitely knew what that was.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But so things are still not, I mean, they're obviously still in a hostage situation. And Herman earlier in the episode had been dealing with gas and. They were, you know, a little concerned earlier in the episode, but nobody was, Herman wasn't concerned. But then Herman ends up collapsing on the floor and everyone thinks he's had a heart attack. So the gang members, they work out a deal with the gang members to, like, basically get him out of the firehouse. So he can obviously, because at that point, SWAT and everyone's outside. So if they just stick him outside the, uh, the house, then he can get the help that he needs. But it turns out Herman was just faking it the whole time so that he could escape and tell the guys outside, like, what some of the gang members are planning to do and that they're planning to escape via fire truck, which is a whole other thing. So,
0: was this, like, was this a Herman and Mouch plan or did Herman just kind of plan this all by himself? Because he had planted the seeds, like, way earlier on in the episode. I'm not talking about before the hostage situation. I'm talking about during.
1: You yeah. I don't know. I don't know which one, like, if it was just a Herman plan or a match plan, but whatever, whosoever plan it was, it was genius.
0: Oh, no, it was totally genius, and it it faked me out, for sure.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it was just Herman, because, like, I doubt they would, you know, like, I feel like the kind of ship that Turk was running in there was, like, nobody's probably really talking to each other, because if Turk sees them talking to each other, he's gonna run over there with, like, a gun and put a gun further to their heads. So Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe it's just a Herman situation.
0: I mean, that's pretty damn smart.
1: Only Herman, though.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: Only Herman. Um, Let me see. Let me go. Hold on a second.
0: I think it is a little cruel, though, that, like, it was a fake out. And so, I mean, only because they, you know, they, like, Herman collapses. That's the commercial, whatever. They come back, and Herman's like, no, no, never mind. I'm fine. Okay, so were you just, like – Foreshadowing when the real thing happens in the season five finale with Mouch, not cool.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, damn. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. So, like I said, Herman telling the guys outside the SWAT guys and stuff about what's going on and the gang members trying that they're gonna escape via fire truck. So basically, they realize the gang members inside start to realize that like they're kind of screwed what? because SWAT showed up and whatever, and like they actually have to find a way to escape. So Turk starts asking Bowdoin about whether the squad truck can handle fire shots or bullets, and <laughs> Bowdoin's like, absolutely not. But of course Turk's like, well, fuck yeah, we're going to do that, and that's how we're going to escape. We're just literally, the door's going to open, and we're going to ram through all the SWAT guys and ram through the ambulances, like ram through everything outside and just...
0: I thought he just wanted to turn the squad the squad truck into, like, a battering ram and go, like, right through the door and everything.
1: I mean, I'm assuming they would have opened the door. But, like, they could have driven through the, the bay, too. I don't know. But regardless, they want to ram through the people outside and go Bad to idea. freedom. Mm-hmm. But, so we're back outside again. And JB, JB is the kid who just kind of seems like he got coerced into it because, you know... That's what everyone else around him's doing and, you know, just is feeling really the peer pressure to be a part of the gang life. His mom is showing up outside and so Brett had met her and they were talking and she was saying that her son was inside and so Brett comes up with this idea to use her to try to get through to her son via megaphone outside and see if that would do anything and, like, maybe get everybody, like, loosen up the situation. But that didn't even work. That did nothing really in effect. And so we go back again inside. The gang member that threatened Stella and beat her is starts to realize he goes to look for her and realizes she's like gotten up because she's not unconscious on the floor anymore. And she's hiding in the bathroom. And so he starts to go look for her and is about to find her, but not before Severide comes in and knocks him out and after quite the impressive fight sequence.
0: Yes. Yes, because he is a ninja!
1: But actually, though, I think that's maybe Severide's, like, most impressive fight sequence.
0: I'll give you that. I mean, there is that one... There's one, like, maybe later on in that season, or maybe even in season four, where, like, a dresser gets destroyed. But... I don't even want to, like, the whole, I don't even remember the whole, like, context of the episode. This probably was his most impressive. Especially because when he throws the guy against the mirror, damn, it, like, shatters into, like, a million pieces.
1: Yes, that's the best part, for sure. And then he, like, oh, yeah. throws him into the bathroom door at one point. Like, it's a great sequence.
0: hmm Yeah, and Severide comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and so he Severide ends up knocking this guy out. And basically Severide and Stella are able to escape to a different part of the firehouse and, you know, get free from this guy. And so, at that point, because her, with the intel Herman had given them, Swat ends up, like, barging in and, you know, trying to free start to free everybody. And they take down that guy, presumably in the bathroom, one of the other gang members. And so, all that are left, though, that haven't been haven't surrendered yet are Turk and JB. And JB's about to. JB wants to. Because JB didn't really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, didn't do anything. But Turk is like, no, JB, you're coming with me. You're going to open the door, whatever. Turk's got a gun to Bowden's head. He just gonna says, you know, let me out or I'm going to kill Bowden. And so they take Bowden hostage into the truck. And Bowden's, you know, going to go through with it because Bowden knows he has to do that in order to stay alive. And so they have this look, though. Bowdoin starts the truck and is about to drive off. And he, like, gives this look to JB, who's sitting in the back seat. And they're going to knock the gun out of Turk's hand. But when they knock it out of his hand, the gun goes off and it ricochets into JB's neck. And so that prompts SWAT to, like, SWAT takes Turk and whatever, and Turk's fine, and you know goes assuming presumably gets arrested i don't know but jb still has the bullet in his neck and so jocelyn's able to remove it and she works on him, but it looks a little touch and go for a while because hello a bullet in his neck like
0: isn't it it's like pressing against his carotid artery too it's like cutting off circulation it's just casually like killing him
1: yeah if it had been like 0.01 of an inch closer to his artery like he probably would have been dead yeah crazy yeah. And so, uh, everyone at 51 is freed, and, you know, there's a really nice moment between Dawson and Casey, and Dawson's like, I thought you were dead. Like, I thought you had been sh- like, I thought you had been killed, and, you know, they have, like, a nice embrace or whatever. But to me, like, the most powerful moment, which, I, again, i forgot about this episode, but, like, honestly, just one of the most powerful moments was, so, Brett and Dawson end up taking... JB to the hospital because he's gonna be fine but obviously he has to go to the hospital and so they leave but there's like a moment where everyone's standing in the driveway of 51 and they're all just kind of looking around each other and like they're standing in a circle and everyone's just kind of looking around each other like holy shit we just you know we just survived a hostage situation like that just happened and they all just take a moment and like look around each other and like really just appreciate the fact that they're all standing there like Safe and together, like in that moment, and it was just—it was just very. I found it to be very powerful, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like, mm-hmm. it just, like nobody said any words. It was just nothing. Like they all just looked at each other and then walked back to fifty one, and that was the end of the episode. And I was like, "Wow!" Like that was just—it didn't to be yeah. a more powerful moment than I expected or remembered.
0: Yeah, that—that's our squad. I mean, that's that's yeah. yeah.
1: And that was the thing too. It was like, wow. This fam, this unit has always been a family, and they're still going to continue to be a family because everyone's okay. And yeah, this is a very mm-hmm. powerful moment.
0: For real, for real. And yeah, I mean that's that's the episode. So I want to go back to what uh, you had mentioned about that Casey scene with uh, Casey and Dawson because yeah, if we compare, like, let's look at season five Casey, like season six Casey, even, and compare him to season seven Casey. I mean, it's, there's a big difference. I mean, as there should be, right? His wife left him. Yeah, there's going to be a big difference. But Casey now is just not happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's obviously he's going through a very big life change. And I mean, he's dealt with two very traumatic things this season. He, you know, lost his apartment in a fire. And he just had a gun pulled on his head and had, you know, like that situation gone any differently, like he'd probably be dead right now. And he knows it. Yeah. So he's not only dealt with losing love, but he's dealt with almost losing his life twice in the span of like weeks, presumably.
0: Three times if you count the pancake by an elevator.
1: Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) Um. (laughs) God, yeah, that seems like forever ago. Um, but yeah, so I think he's, you know, he's just going through a lot, and I I think he'll get there eventually, of course, like, that he'll be able to find his happy place without Gabby, but right now, he's just gone through so much other shit, he hasn't even had a chance to, like, fully recover from, like, whatever status his life's at with Gabby, whether they're divorced or just separated, but let alone be able to properly deal with the two dramatic life-changing things that he's gone through
0: yeah yeah so I mean I I definitely had that thought a couple weeks ago where I was like what what exactly are we doing with Casey right now but yeah like I I honestly kind of forgot about the apartment there for a minute which I don't know why but yeah I mean he's going through stuff it's just not the happy stuff that we've seen from him in the first six seasons not to say that it's happy
1: I will be curious though to see like where they take him for these last couple episodes And, like, kind of where we start to see then, like, maybe what his season seven, no, season eight arc. Dear Lord, I can't keep with what season, what shows in anymore. Season eight arc, like, where that might go. Um, Yeah. And, like, will they bring in, like, a complete, you know, because obviously at some point we all know, like, Casey is going to have another new love interest. I mean, we saw it a little bit with Naomi, as much as I wish Naomi had stuck around that it didn't happen. So, like, whether they'll bring in, like, someone completely new, whether they'll go kind of where I feel like some fans will want to see it and, like, where I think we want to see it with, like, maybe Brett. Um, I don't know. But I think hopefully we'll start to see the seeds being planted in these last however many episodes, six episodes? No, seven episodes left. Yeah, is
0: that what we're down to? Seven yeah, episodes, something
1: like that. Something like, that. like mm-hmm. where we'll start to see, like, Casey's storyline going. Because I think – He's got the most question marks out of everybody. Um, Yeah. And so I'll I'll be curious to see.
0: Yeah. Lots of stuff. So any other notes about this episode? Any, like, funny scenes that we didn't mention?
1: No, it's not a very funny – I mean, you know, for the most – like, obviously, it's a very dramatic situation with the hostage. Like, there is no B storyline. Like, everybody – like, the storyline is them all dealing with the hostage situation. Like, there is no, like, B storyline. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, like I said, I completely forgot about this episode. I like this episode. I, I am glad we did this. Um, and I'm glad I went back and watched it, because I definitely forgot about it. But, yeah, I like this one. I like, I like a good hostage situation. I don't know why, but I do. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a unique one. I mean, you don't really hear too much about people taking firehouses hostage. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is, this is a good episode. It just, you know, I wish that they had remembered that Stella was unconscious on the floor sooner. But <laughs> there's nothing really you could do about that. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's about all we've got. Nice and short and sweet this week. Um, Thank you, Angela, for the suggestion. Um, It's kind of fun to go back down memory lane. Even though it hasn't been that many seasons.
1: Especially to a random episode where, I mean, granted, like, besides for, like, maybe the first scene, like, we were talking about with the separating and stuff. Like, there are no, like, it's definitely more of a filler episode. Like, there are no really big storylines that carry through or anything. But it's kind of fun to go back Mm -hmm. to just, like, a random filler episode in a random season. Like, and just talk about it
0: yeah it's a lot of fun so as always you guys know where to find us facebook twitter instagram tumblr it's meet us at molly's right across the board if you like the show which we really hope you do because you've made it to the end if you're hearing this please subscribe rate us review us on itunes we would greatly appreciate that we found out last week that if you drop us a review and it's from outside of the u.s it doesn't show on itunes isn't that so weird
1: It counts. It like it still is recorded, but like we can't see it unless we go and look for it specifically. Like we won't just see it if we go look it up on iTunes. But like we can, we can see them. We have seen the ones that we've gotten outside of the country, but we just have to go look for them in a different place. It's interesting. But if you write one for us and you're in a different country, send us a DM on Twitter or an email or something and let us know you wrote one so we know to go look for it. Yes. Yes, please.
0: But yeah, uh, you know, email us anytime. Meet us at mollys at gmail.com. We have a website. Meet us at mollys.com. Yeah, um, you guys know where to find us. So schedule wise, we are back on track ish. We've got a release. No, we're not. Brian is shaking her head. Uh, So we're both out of town next week. Both of us are. I'm in Vegas. Brian is in Nashville. We're going to be having fun doing things. Oh, it's going to be another Monday release next week. So it's going to be April 1st that you will hear from us again. And that'll be recapping next week's episodes. So 417, 717, and 617.
1: And no live tweeting. We unfortunately will not be live tweeting again. Gina's in Vegas. I'm in Nashville. We're trying to enjoy our vacations. And as much as we love live tweeting with you guys, we're not making any promises to be by TVs for three hours. So, yeah, it's no no live tweeting next week.
0: Oh, I definitely
1: won't. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I definitely won't be either. So we should be back for normal live tweeting, though, on the 3rd.
0: Yes. Yes, and then we'll be back on schedule after that and be Friday releases and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think we should, I mean, obviously I haven't looked at my April calendar, but I think we should be good, though, in terms of, like, normal schedule from here on out. And obviously we're ramping up towards finale coverage and we have some ideas, but I think we should be normal for here on out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No promises, but I think we should be. No prom. yeah,
0: yeah. So, but yeah, that's about all we've got. So you guys have a good weekend. And we will see you guys on April 1st. Bye. Bye.